caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Yes, that's right. The news of New Zealand's interest in hosting the 2034 Commonwealth Games would have come as a pleasant surprise to many. An event like this would provide the opportunity to bring communities together and inspire the next generation of athletes. When it's Sarah Cowley-Ross, she's a former Olympian turned sport and wellness advocate who's been an inspiration to the public both during and post her athletics career. She's this week's More Than An Athlete and joins us on the line now. Morena Sarah, how are you this morning? Um, Morena, talofalava. I'm, I'm great actually, thank you and um, thanks for the kind introduction. That's fine. We love talking to you. And uh, we were thinking yesterday when we heard the news about the Com Games possibly going here, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that New Zealand um, Olympic Committee were interested in that Com Games coming back down here to Aotearoa? Oh, yeah, I think it's hugely exciting, actually, uh, not only for you know New Zealand, but particularly for Kiwi athletes to compete here on home soil uh, would be amazing. But I think what excites me most about this is that the Commonwealth Games Federation has a new roadmap and how how countries can host. So we could take this around New Zealand, which for me would be personally is, is the most exciting thing. Like imagine just having this across New Zealand as opposed to in one city. Uh, so the benefits could be could be seen around provincial New Zealand potentially. Sarah, Daniel McCarty here. Great to speak to you again. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the Federation had to make changes. Uh, I described it earlier, the poster child of the, the pitfalls of hosting an event of its former nature, Delhi 2010. Huge blowout financially. They had to cut their cloth. And it's a far more sensible approach, isn't it? Just forcing any host uh, national city, whatever it might be, to just look after athletics and swimming. They've got to be there, and then you sort of get a, a blank canvas. You know, what, what do you think um, are, are the benefits um, to this roadmap as you, oh. you described it? Yeah, there's huge benefits, I think, in terms of, you know, acknowledging those, those two sports. And, you know, obviously I'd love to see athletics down there forever um, as, a, as a hardcore a- athletics fan, but also a bit of a traditionalist. But I think the potential to then for the country, the host nation, to actually create a program which would be beneficial to the country, uh, would showcase other sports, I think is hugely exciting. And, you know, there are Olympic sports that are not on the Commonwealth Games program. There are sports that are not on either program that may want to be involved. And, And this is the opportunity now to take our time uh, to figure out, hey, what could be cool to showcase to the Commonwealth game, to the Commonwealth uh, and the world. And what would those be, Sarah? Like when you're talking about the showcasing, are we talking about showcasing like our best waves, our our snow sports that they can ski generally all year round in New Zealand? Are we are we showcasing, you know, the Queenstowns and the Raglands along with the Com Games? And is there any relevance still in? that type of stuff uh, from viewers, do you think? Oh, I think with the introduction, you know, we saw at the Olympics uh, surfing come on board um, and that was 
the the world surfing competition has huge broadcast numbers, so uh, that that would obviously be advantageous to surfing if that was to come on the program. But um, I, I think you know I, I think your suggestion of surfing is something that I've thought about, uh, and it could be awesome for the likes of you know Raglan or Pihar or um, other waves, Gisborne, uh, you know, to to come out and, and stand up and, and say we could we could do this, uh, and also for the surfing community. In terms of snow sports, uh, that would be a challenge, I guess, in mixing. This has traditionally been the summer games, but again, uh, we need to figure out what would be the best offering uh, for the range of sports. Uh, for athletes to perform well, so in terms of weather conditions uh, to suit more summer orientated sports as opposed to the winter ones. But I mean, the likes of Queenstown and Wanaka has amazing uh, mountain bike facilities. I'm a Rotorua girl, so I would love to see the mountain bike again in Rotorua. Uh, but you know, there's other there's other opportunities there as well, and, and we can be creative, and uh, we can make the most of this this potential opportunity because there's a lot of water to go into the bridge to, to for this to happen. No doubt about that, and we're dealing in hypotheticals in some way, which is kind of exciting and it's fun, isn't it, to, to forecast, to ponder, to pontificate. But if we are to deal with the reality, yeah, athletics and swimming. Athletics and swimming need to be there. We know there's a wonderful facility. Uh, if the ground doesn't continue to sink underneath it in Christchurch, that's going to be open later in the year. Uh, that might be a place to host the swimming. But where else you know, could we host athletics and swimming in New Zealand? Or would that be the, the key area of infrastructure investment? Well, Hawke's Bay have actually just built an Olympic-sized world-class swimming pool uh, right next door to an athletics track down there. So the the athletics track is actually very favourable to running fast. That's where Zoe Hobbs has run a number of national records. It also uh, produces some really great distance times, um, as well as well as some uh, some great other uh, opportunities in the field events for athletes to compete well. So I, I think when when competitions are on and athletes actually do really well that aids to the success of the event so you want to pick uh, locations where where we know conditions are good the facilities are good uh, but in terms of upgrades you know just just that's one area where you know we will need to spend some money but also in terms of the sustainability of this model it's making sure that we don't overspend and that we utilize what we've got. Sarah you're also a wellness advocate and I guess the question has to be with this you know being uh, I guess a lofty goal for 2034 does athletics and other sports um, are they doing enough to promote exercise in this country at the moment to to I guess, get the public to buy in um, to have an, uh, a Commonwealth Games here in 2034? Oh, I think we've got a long way to go in terms of lifting our activity levels in New Zealand, but we've got to start somewhere, and this could be the impetus that people need, you know, not just in the high performance, but actually just for Kiwis to just get out, um, utilise the amazing environments that we have in Aotearoa, and, and be a bit more healthier, be a bit more active, and, th- and that will lift us all. Uh, building on that point, um, in this day and age where there's so many options for uh, our young people especially that uh, can keep them um, 
on their ass, if you know what I mean, at home, uh, watching <laughs> things, playing things. <laughs> if we are to get this off the ground, how important would an event like this to inspiring a next generation to, say, getting people more active more generally? Yeah, it's, it's, it could be huge. And I think that, you know, to your point, we need to think innovatively about that and how we can incorporate technology into making people um, move more move more uh, and move better. Uh, so there's the way to do that is to actually talk to, you know, youth, making sure that we have a really good youth advisory, um, you know, a youth advisory group that could help in the development of this and, and really engaging with communities where, you know, maybe movement is a problem or not necessarily optimised and, and thinking, okay, well, what are the barriers? Let, let's talk about solutions. And what 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 are those lessons that you've learnt as an athlete coming out um, and seeing what really I guess um, is a growing problem in this country and around obesity and the lack of movement, Sarah? What what and and how do we sort of go along to trying to fix that issue? Well, I think you know in the women and girls space, what what the research sort of tells us is that you know. Women and girls, particularly young women, um, stop being less physically active um, because they don't necessarily like a competitive kind of element. So it's providing solutions or opportunities for people that you know aren't necessarily um, what I would I would enjoy um, as as a, as a a somewhat competitive person, but providing a, a real portfolio of options from you know recognizing that hey TikTok dancing actually uh, is is an opportunity to move. So it's about taking our hats off, taking these preconceived ideas of what movement is, you know, a thirty minute run or a, a swim, or and and saying hey actually it's okay for you to do your activity in this way as long as your heart rate's up. And I think the other the other sort of flip side, well not flip side, um, point to that sort of research that has been done around particularly young women is, is for them to design what it is that motivates them. So a co-design approach, not this one size fits all model um, because it, it's our, our physical activity numbers are declining. At 11 years old is when um, Kiwis peak in terms of the amount of wow. activity, physical activity that they're doing. Um, so that's the latest kind of active New Zealand research. And, and to me, that's so sad. And, and we need to do, you know, radical things to address that, you know, not only as I'm um, speaking as a person who, you know, a sports lover and a physical activity lover, but also as a parent, you know, that that's, horrendously concerning. Yeah, it is really. It is troublesome to, to, to hear that, Sarah. Sarah Kelly-Ross is with us from Olympian, what, a trained physiotherapist, sports commentator, uh, writer. You know, there's not much you, you don't do, Sarah. To, to that writing and content producing for The Locker Room, obviously that's been a wonderful addition to the New Zealand sporting landscape as far as media content over the last few years. Susie's been in the helm of that for so long um, and has done amazing uh, work with her team. How much have you enjoyed that aspect, you know, helping out and, you know, digging deeper into women's sport and those uh, key issues? Oh, I've loved it. I've, I have really loved it. And to think that it's um, five years old this year is amazing in itself. Uh, and also to think that, you know, when it started, the coverage was around 11% of 
you know, sports media in New Zealand was mainstream media was on, on focused on women and girls. Now that's up to 21 to 24%, which, you know, is amazing. But, you know, we can still do better. Um, but the reason why I've loved it has been the opportunity to work with Suzanne McFadden, who's, you know, an icon, really of New Zealand um, journalism and also I've loved it because like you say it's a, the opportunity to dig deep in everyone has got yep. an, a story to tell uh, whether you're an uh, Olympic gold medalist whether you're a national champion or whether you're one of the many many unsung community heroes in New Zealand sport and and for me that's been a real privilege to help shine a light on people on women and girls that that have ne- have not seen the light of day, but have got some incredibly inspiring stories. Yeah, we are shining a light uh, far more brightly uh, on that uh, that realm of sport, uh, yourself included, and it's you know it's warmly welcomed. Um, and, and this is my own supposition, and please tell me if I'm wrong here. If I you know if my anecdote here is way off the mark, are we still struggling to get women to watch and consume sports? You know. Bums on seats, eyeballs on TV sets, you know, flicking the, the radio dial over. It, is that coming along a little bit slower than we would want? Well, I think yes and no. Like, I mean, you look at, you just have to look at the Rugby World Cup last year. And, you know, I was in the, in the stadium with my family for the opening match and the final match. And I, I did not see a lack of enthusiasm at all yeah. at the tournament built throughout New Zealand, we, to me the change was some of the attitudes, those hardcore attitudes where they thought, actually, if I don't get involved with this, I'm missing out because New Zealand is moving forward and we're moving forward at a rapid pace. Fast forward on to Super Rugby, oh picky, and like you say, there just wasn't, unfortunately, the bums and seats. Now, I don't know mm. about the numbers on the screen, um, so I can't comment on that, but We've we've come a long way, but the mo- the momentum will will stop if the investment uh, is not there. And so I think I'm I'm saying yes and no because I think that we've we've done well, but you can't stop there. You've got to keep going, and it would be such a shame if, in the likes of particularly, I'm talking about women's rugby, that uh, that that opportunity that was so amazing uh was is not capitalized on and i think yeah. in other sports we've, we've 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 still got a long way to go sarah the true all-rounder as you were as an athlete uh you've done it again here today we've covered off a myriad of topics and we really appreciate your time and insights as always uh thanks so much and let's let's hope let's hope in 11 years time we have a commonwealth games on our very shores <laughs> up and down up and down the country thanks so much for dropping by Oh, thank you, guys. Have a great day. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could take this all around New Zealand? Indeed it would. 21 minutes after 7 o'clock.